Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. Uh, before I introduce you to our guest, I want to tell you that we were having a very important meeting at uh, the Houston Peace and Justice Center. I'm, I'm a board member. And uh, we were having a discussion on several issues. And we had somebody that came in and had some questions to ask. And this person had the most intelligent question, the most intelligent statement of all of us Gen Xers and baby boomers that were on this call. And when I heard her, I said, we need to have a conversation. Ayo Sane is a high school student. And if we are leaving America in the hands of people like Ayo, then we are in good, we are going to be in good shape. Anyway, welcome to Politics Done Right. Did I say it right, Ayo? Um, yes, it's Ayo. Ayo. I'm, I think I said it wrong the first time. Anyway, welcome to Politics Done Right, Ayo. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am doing fine. Ayo, before we get started, tell me a little bit about what was a high school student in a Houston Peace and Justice Center uh, event? It kind of, I was surprised. Right. Um, so I was trying to get in contact with the Houston Peace and Justice Center um, because I wanted to see if I could join them because they said they needed volunteers. Mm-hmm. And they mailed me in April, but I didn't get to see it until then. Um, so they invited me to that Zoom meeting to see if I could see what it was about. Um, and I joined and I agreed with a lot of the things that people were saying. But in order to make the conversation more helpful, I decided to um, input some things. Yeah, well, we were we were talking a, a whole lot about, uh, I mean, race wasn't the only issue, but that was one of the topics that we had on the schedule. Tell us a little bit about what you said and why you said what you said. What is it that that we said that really made you say, no, I need to actually correct uh, the notions that you guys are talking about? So I... Um... Heard mm-hmm. people say that what we were talking about wasn't a race problem. It was, you know, a poor people problem. And they kept trying to make that distinction, um, which in my opinion, isn't, it really isn't accurate. I don't think that they're just extremely exclusive. I think that they can intersect and they do intersect, which causes a lot of the problems that we have today. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have, you know, I wasn't angry with anything that they were saying or the people that were saying it. Um, but I did want to make that distinction so that we could have a more useful conversation. Um, you know, sometimes myself, when it comes to issues of race or, 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 or gender, et cetera, I would have a tendency to, uh, to, you know, a lot of times we'd have a tendency to make these things economic all the way because I think it's usually easier to speak about. Now, you corrected us in that regards, but I do think that many a times we use the racial issues uh, to promote the economic issues. Your thoughts on that? When you say promote, what what do you mean? Good question. In other words, um, I think our system, the economy that we have, the way things operate, it is easier to have us at each other's throat based on all these isms than to actually uh, than, than to actually uh, realize that there are, in fact, 
economic problems. In other words, uh, that that at one point there was redlining. At one point there were all these type of issues. I, I imagine that you're familiar with redlining, et cetera. Right. I think that the reason people do that is to try and take away from the problem in a sense. With economics, it's math, right? Right. It's mostly math. Um, you can kind of figure it out a lot easier and try to fix the problems using something as sensical and straightforward as math. It, math is extremely objective in a sense. Racism in essence is not because there are not enough people that are strictly anti-racist. And so when I think that somebody says that we're trying to use race as a way to promote issues or using these other otherisms as a means of division instead of acknowledging that people are probably bringing this up to try and acknowledge how these quote unquote otherisms and these forms of discrimination do affect economics in a way, I think that that kind of aids in the belief that economic problems and racial discrimination issues are two separate things. Wow, that is so prescient. Let me ask you this. Uh, what kind of courses do you take? What school? Of, well, I won't ask what school you go to. What kind of courses do you, uh, do you take in your, in, in, in your curriculum? Because, I mean, uh, is, are these things that you study on your own, these things that you came about by external reading, or is your curriculum inclusive of items like this? No, my curriculum is not inclusive of items like this at all. Um, the district that I live in has actively opposed more inclusive course items. Um, so I don't accredit my knowledge of these subjects to the district that has um, tried to negate students' knowledge of these issues repeatedly and systemically in nature. I think I've figured this out through experience and listening to elders, which is why, you know, I was trying to be and I think was respectful of what the elders in that um, panel were saying, because in a sense, you can't really trust what is being, you know, piped to you through the American education system. Um, so you have to go by experience and they have much more experience than I do with a lot of these problems that I'm talking about. Wow, that, that is great. And I'm, you know, now, right now, the big thing that's creating a big hoopla is whether one should teach critical race theory in schools, et cetera. Uh, do you have an opinion on that at all or, or not? I think that I, I read the, um, the bill that was passed. And I think it didn't really focus on critical race theory. I think that it actually focused on talk about race in general, because some of the things that it were sent that it mentioned in the bill, like um, there was this one thing where it was like, a student cannot say that one has to bear the, um, the burdens of their ancestors and stuff like that can be easily twisted to harm a student that is talking about how one student 
may or may not have benefited from certain systems of discrimination. I don't think that this critical race theory bill focuses on critical race theory. I think that it focuses on taking the onus away from people in power and trying to muffle and silence talk about race at all because it's uncomfortable for most people. And as soon as somebody is talking about it, it's seen as taboo. And that's why the bill is there. And the more people learn about it, about how race comes into play in so many things, the more aware that they're gonna get. And as we all know, like knowledge is power and they're consistently taking that away from us. So my opinion on the bill is that when there is a bill that actually addresses critical race theory in nature, I will look into that, but this bill does not. So I'm not going to do that. That, that is very, that is so true. And in effect, what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate history. They, they don't want anybody to feel bad or learned, you know, because they fear one of the biggest fear is that when one realizes what one has lost from what this country has done many a times, that somehow it would demean a particular, which is, uh, which isn't about critical race. Wasn't it, it's about history. Um, are you, what are you, you, you said something that uh, kind of behooved me. You said that in your class, in your school system, no attempt is made to really give you real history, if you will. So you have to do it on your own, experiential, uh, working with your elders, etc. cetera. Um, what are you going to do? Because you're young and we need the young people to do better than our generations have done. We want them to be the ones who are going to be out there making the change. That's why I got so excited when you came on to the show, because it was like, there we go. Somebody who's going to be able to do it. And we know that the youngsters, I imagine you get along with just about everybody in your school, correct? Um, not really, not necessarily. I have said that my district has gotten in the way of me receiving a full education in history. I do think that there are things in place that, you know, have helped me get a better understanding of what's going on today. But in general, my school district doesn't really, um, it doesn't really support, and I think all school districts in general in the American education system don't really support a full understanding of history and how that plays into oppression. While I, think that more young people, I think more people in general should be aware of what's going on. I don't think we should place the onus of activism on children because we are children. We, we, not everybody has to be like me. We don't all need to be activists, right? Mm-hmm. We all deserve a childhood. And when you push children into the limelight of having to you know, understand these huge concepts and trying to fight battles that are extremely big, it kind of takes away from that, of like having a childhood. That is, 
I read you. I mean, uh, even with us older folk, I say everybody doesn't, you know, we shouldn't expect everybody to want to be activists or want to be ingrained this, but we just need to expect a good education. Well, look, let me ask you uh, one last question, Ayo. Um, what would you like, what would you like out of, first of all, what would you like to end with telling our audience, but more specifically, what can we as adults do to make it a better world for the young, not, not just for the young, just for America in general? That's a loaded question. Yes, it um, is. But you I can think, answer it. <laughs> I think that as adults, it would be most beneficial to educate yourself. I think that with more knowledge and understanding of what's going on, you can see that there are clear decisions to make based on that. Um, and whatever type of, you know, education that is, whether it's reading literature or speaking to people about their experiences, I think that once you get a clear understanding of something, the decision to make becomes less muddied and that's the way to help where you don't have to, you know, say that this is, you know, wrong, entirely wrong or entirely right. Um, when you understand something in full nature, then you can understand how to go about, you know, attacking that problem. Ayo Sane, prescient words from a high school student that all of us adults would do well to listen to. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you. It was great talking to you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.